as leaders, we want to make sure that we're pushing other people. We could talk all day long, right? We can teach all day long, but it's really making sure that you're pushing that leadership on other people so that the team really feels that effect of it. And it also gets them time like, oh, well, I have to prep for this meeting or this touch point, And I have to make sure that everyone's bringing me their talking points and things like that. That really keeps staff engaged as one example for kind of pushing that boundary on a remote or a hybrid space as well. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the B2B Leadership Podcast. My name is Nils Vinya, and today my guest is Kristen O'Neill. Kristen, welcome to the show. Thanks, Nils. It's great I'm to be excited. here. I'm really excited. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on here. You and I have known each other for many years, and you have a lot of experience working inside of in-person, remote, hybrid teams, and not only working inside of those kinds of companies and teams, but also being a leader at the executive level across all different types of industries and companies. And I wanted to bring you on to have a conversation about how to effectively lead a hybrid or remote team regardless of whatever the situation is for you. You know, COVID came up and changed the world of work as we know it. Some companies did exceptionally well and embraced it and got rid of their physical offices entirely. Others, you know, held on to those. And now we're seeing this return to office trend and, and things like that. So that's kind of the stage of what we're going to talk about today. And, and Kristen, just give me a little bit of your background and, and just high, high level thoughts on the transition from, you know, everybody's always in person all the time to how effective can we really be inside of a remote or hybrid environment? Absolutely. When I first started in tech, I was solely remote, which this was back in 2008, 2009. So it was really, really early on for, for that type of remote work, but I worked with companies that were working in different states. So that was a really interesting time. And I remember specifically telling people at that time, it was really hard for me. It wasn't something that I was used to at that time because it, understanding how to work remote is a process. So once COVID hit, it was interesting to go into remote work when companies either weren't used to it or they've never established any type of remote work before. So I felt like I had some experience in it at the time. So really was able to aid employees and how to be productive and uh, build communication around it. So now that companies are moving more towards hybrid spaces, I think we're getting into a separate difficult level where they're trying to balance the remote and the hybrid spaces, uh, which is a really interesting topic that we're talking about today. Yeah. And going from, you know, in, when COVID hit, it was a, oh, all hands on deck. We have to figure out how to make mm -hmm. people effective remote and do all this stuff. And it was kind of like this giant rush, right? Yeah. Then as with all things, it kind of quieted down after a while. And even if, you know, we, the companies weren't necessarily bringing people back in to the office, mm -hmm. there was still a, it was like, okay, we kind of figured it out for now. Yeah. But Absolutely. what I'm seeing, and and would love to hear your pay, your take, and what you're seeing on this is that there's a whole other level of mm -hmm. effort and involvement that's involved in successfully running a remote or hybrid team that just may not be, you know, something that everybody is paying attention to. What do you yeah. think of that? 
I think leaders need to treat hybrid staff as a whole new team, thinking about it in that way. I think discussing how to track productivity, KPIs, ownership, and also making sure at the same time that remote employees are not being excluded from the process. So there's different ways that I think that we need to go about how we treat both our hybrid staff as well as remote staff, because some teams are going to have both. Um, it's pretty rare when you have a complete hybrid team and then under, also understanding what those schedules look like, who's coming in what days, and do you want everyone to come in on the same day so that everyone feels that connection and is more productive in office. So understanding how to build new policies around this for both hybrid and remote employees is really important for effective working relationships. Yeah. And so curious, like there, you hit on a couple themes there that I want to talk about themes before we get into the onboarding, ongoing and, and team dynamics pieces. But the environments really changed as you just noted there, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm curious for your take on this. This is one of my beliefs and I'd love to hear your opinion is that I don't think the fundamentals of being a great leader have mm -hmm. really changed. Mm -hmm. I think the application of how you lead in a remote or hybrid environment absolutely has changed, but the fundamentals, mm -hmm. the things you have to do in order to drive a team and lead a team, in my opinion, pretty much stayed the same. What's your take yeah. on that? I think that yes, and no, in a way where when you're thinking about remote, especially leaders who went into a remote space at, you know, for the first time ever, they needed to create a more community type of space that yes. is different from in person. So when you're in person, you, you get to see more visual cues, body language, you get to learn a little bit faster from, from the people that are sitting next to you or across from you. And so when you're leading remote or hybrid employees, there's a level of attention that does need to be maybe on a more heightened level in my, in my thought process of just really understanding how each person wants to be managed and should be managed, but also understanding that um, maybe you need to create more spaces so that people feel a little bit more engaged because it's pretty easy to sit back in your home and feel alone. It's pretty easy to not want to bother to get engaged as a, as a staff member. So as a leader, being able to pull that out of staff is something that is a little bit different when you're in a remote or a hybrid space. That's a really great example. And I want to drill in on that because the there's the fundamental and then there's the application. So the fundamental piece of what I heard you say there is that understanding how people want to be interacted with, mm -hmm. how people want mm -hmm. to be um, approach their work, how to get the most out of them, how their personality works, what their mannerisms are. That's the fundamental of understanding that. Now, in, a, in an in-person environment, that's incredibly a lot easier. I won't say it's easy, but it is easier because you have so many more cues and probably so many more opportunities to observe behavior, which can give you input into that. So that fundamental though, in a remote or hybrid environment still remains the same. We still have to know exactly how people work and exactly how they want to approach work and exactly what motivates them and all those things, but it's going to take more effort. Correct. And so I, I'm curious for your thoughts on whether or not leading a remote team or a hybrid team actually takes more effort. I think it does. Actually, yeah. it takes more effort because you have to do the same thing, but you have to do it much more deliberately. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When I think about in, in tech, I think it might be a little bit easier because you're connecting, right? You're connecting either video on video or, you know, you're on a, like a chat platform like Slack, for example, where you're where you're constantly communicating. I think back to an example of once we went into COVID at teachers for students yeah. was such a drastic change and having to really engage students online with something that they never thought that they would be doing, especially for, for a younger generation. I remember just watching the struggle that teachers were going through to try and get them to stay engaged and thinking about pulling some of those fundamentals from how difficult that is and moving that into tech and how we do have to work a little bit extra in order to keep staff engaged and make sure that they feel connected. And I think that there is a little more effort that's been put in for that. And so I completely agree that there is a a little bit added an extra purpose when it comes to leading in that type of setting. Absolutely. I think le- comparing the two worlds, the remote and hybrid together mm-hmm. and the in-person, mm-hmm. the amount of effort is less in-person. Mm-hmm. You can be lazy. You yeah. can always be lazy. You can catch somebody in the hallway. You can mm-hmm. make a decision on the fly with your team. You can have a quick ad hoc chat with somebody mm-hmm. and come up with whatever. You can be lazy. You don't need structure. You don't need repeatability. You don't need consistency. You don't need systems. You can yeah. just kind of fly by the seat of your pants with mm-hmm. whoever you come into contact with that day. I'm mm-hmm. kind of being a little bit you know, funny about it, but it's true. And then you yeah. go to the remote and the hybrid environment and that easiness kind of goes away way it it, or it changes I should say evolves and it takes more discipline and that's what we're going to get into in these three key areas but one thing that I see over and over again is this desire to constantly go back to the easy environment because it's easier and it gets all kinds of labels like well remote just didn't work for us or whatever and I kind of got a call on that and say well did you really put the effort in Mm -hmm. or were you just hoping that as easy as it was to catch people and do things and do things on the fly and not have any, you know, a lot of consistency and build more tribal knowledge. Did you really apply and change that in the remote or hybrid work? And most times the answer is no. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that there are good reasons why companies and employees are excited about the mix of in-person and remote work, but there's just as equal reasons on why people feel hesitant and uncertain about it. And I completely agree that there were some really six, there was a lot of success stories with companies that went remote and are still remote to this day. And they really got into the groove of how to be successful in a remote setting. And it's not only that, and we'll go over some of these topics, which is like onboarding new staff members in a remote setting, which can feel a little bit more difficult because you have to be more hands-on or do you have to be more hands-on as well as engaging staff. And there's, there's going to be difficulties in a remote setting, but if you put in the work, you'll really be able to see such a great benefit and feel like that culture is just as connected as an in-person yeah. organization. Absolutely. And, and that being connected to the culture is one of the biggest things that I think uh, people struggle with, certainly during yeah. the COVID times. And one of the things that I've seen turnover 
as a result of very consciously building an inclusive team identity, which is one of the topics I teach in my leadership MBA, of exactly how to build an inclusive team identity. Whether you're in person or remote becomes irrelevant. It's about bringing this group of people together for some per to serve a purpose that is bigger than themselves, and they form this identity as a team together. And that is wonderful. And that can happen in a remote world. But most people, most leaders don't have the skill set in order to do that, again, which is why, part of why I put it in the program, because it's really important. Yeah. So let's get to let's get to some of the, the three core topics here, the onboard employees, the ongoing employee engagement, and team dynamics, and look at some specific things that leaders can do. If you're doing these already, awesome. If you're not doing these yet, or you're doing some variation, here's some ideas on how you can enhance and improve this for a remote or hybrid environment. So... Kristen, let's talk about the onboarding employees first. What are some of the key things that our listeners should think about as they go into onboarding employees in a remote or hybrid environment where you're not going to be with them all the time? Yeah, onboarding employees is an interesting perspective because you want them to feel engaged when they first get on, right? Because you want them to feel engaged with the team. You want them to feel engaged with the organization. And when they're sitting at their computer in a remote setting and they're watching a bunch of Slack responses go by and not really knowing who these people are, but feeling like, oh, I should probably get engaged somehow. <laughs> That's very overwhelming to a new staff member. It's like, oh, how do I fit in to this world? Right. And in person, it could have been easier, right? Because you can meet people face-to-face, -face, learn about them a little bit more. So it's really building a team that rallies around new staff members, doing introductions, being able to have that type of connection right when they got on so they know who they're working with, and then building out a training program that is designed specifically for them that doesn't make sure that the manager is on them 24 seven, because that can also be a lot of work for a manager, but that the team is kind of rallying and kind of building onto their training um, to make sure that they're successful. We all want new staff to be successful and no more than the team does because uh, that's really going to help build the team a bit stronger um, if they help with that process. Yeah, and a great example, and I'm going to pull out the fundamental piece I heard you say there, which is setting expectations. Yes. Again, whether we look at this in an in-person environment or a remote hybrid environment, setting expectations is the underpinning of a successful onboarding. Setting expectations with the team with regards mm -hmm. to how this person is going to integrate into uh, the flow and who they are. Setting expectations with regards to how we are each going to connect with this person individually, but also as a team together. Setting expectations for the individual on, you know, what you should be doing each of the first, you know, whatever, one to four, eight weeks, yeah. however long the onboarding actually takes. What is it that is actually expected of you? Because mm -hmm. in an in-person environment, you can kind of, again, you can be really lazy, I will say, mm -hmm. and just say, well, shadow so-and-so yeah. and you, you're good, right? Mm -hmm. And in a remote environment, you can't do that. It just doesn't yeah. work. So you have to look and say, okay, day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, at a minimum, here's exactly what you should be doing and focused mm -hmm. on every single day. But that takes effort, right? It takes planning. It takes collaboration from other team members, perhaps people from other departments on how to connect and setting up those meetings in advance of the person even joining to make sure they have a full agenda at minimum for the first week and probably even you know for several weeks after that. 
Yeah, I think in past roles, I've built out 30 days, the 30, 60 and 90 days, but 30 yeah. days are really, really hands on. So in a remote setting in the past, say we've either had every single day lined up and who they were going to be speaking to, who they were going to be training with that day, all of the links that they're going to be joining. And then most recently kind of building out tools to be able to do that because thinking about also pulling staff in for a couple hours a day could also hurt their KPIs. So building tools that also can automate some of that. So having recordings for them to watch, quizzes for them to do, and then every single day having a touch point with someone to go over what, how was that day for you? What did you learn? What questions do you have? So the setting those expectations is really, really important in that first 30 days, but also what does success look like, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. being able to understand that after week one, because I've learned this, this, and this, and then maybe I took this quiz or I did this task and we reviewed the task with my manager or my leader and it went really well, you get to feel that success. So it's not just kind of flying at the seat of your pants for the first 30 days. Uh, really being able to understand both expectations and success is huge for someone coming That's on. That's all they want, right? Yes. That's all <laughs> of us want. What am I? What are the expectations of me? And then, you know, I'm always thinking, well, how can I meet those? Number one, of course, that's the base level, but how can I exceed those? So if you yeah. know the playing field and you know what's expected, mm -hmm. you also know how you can figure out how to go above and beyond to make the impression you want to make, to lay the groundwork for whatever it is you want to do. You know, even if promoting promotion isn't the thing that's going to happen next because you're mm -hmm. just doing the company, mm -hmm. there's no yeah. reason why you can't go above and beyond to, you know, cement yourself and your reputation from very, very early on. And I think that's something that can only really happen and expertly happen when there are very clear expectations. Because otherwise it's like, oh, well, yeah, I expected you to do that, but I never told you. You made one interesting point about connecting with someone at the end of each day and asking how they're doing. Was that, is that someone like somebody who is responsible kind of for that person going through the process? Or are you talking about in bringing in different people each day to have a touch point? How do you approach that like kind of buddy system or just some kind of more connection? Yeah, the, we did build out a buddy system so that every day that they did have a specific buddy on the team. So it allowed them to have touch points with someone that was on the team to get to know them a little bit more. They would have a connection, have a very kind of brief outline for what they'll go through, but also just connect, just learn a little bit more about each other, ask each other questions, things like that. And after the end of every week, it would be a manager touch point. So okay. yep. that made it a little bit easier for them to connect directly with the team in a remote setting, even in a hybrid setting, this would work because you still are going to meet that person. And it's very possible that that person might not be the in the office at the same time that you're in yep. the office. So still yeah, having yeah. that schedule and that buddy of who's going to be your point of contact during these particular days. It could be one person, two people, generally leaders on those teams or people that show and go above and beyond so that they can help guide these new staff members is really important. So having both of those is great. And then also understanding separately what resources they need to be successful because that's going to having that outline at the beginning and having those buddies be able to identify each of those resources is really important as well. Yeah, agree. Well, there was a company I worked for many, many years ago. I started there as an IC and I ended up director a couple of years later. And 
the we put in place a boot camp, a four week boot camp. And we called it the boot camp for a very specific reason because it was really intense. Yeah. And I I made it very clear, like it was formed while I was in at the individual level. And then as I became manager and director, it just became more and more refined. And I mm-hmm. treated it as something more and more important to very clearly set expectations and drive a massive amount of accountability. And mm-hmm. in the interview process, we explained very clearly that the first four weeks are a boot camp, and we will give you everything you need to be successful, but it's up to you to yeah. be successful at the end of the 30 days. And we had mm-hmm. a certification test at the end in that, like in that fourth week, because our product was very technical. The skill set was very unique. And we had to get people to a place where we were comfortable with them engaging with customers on our behalf. And we had to be able to trust that they could do that. And so we saw a couple of instances. It was really fascinating. There was an individual who interviewed incredibly well. I mean, mm-hmm. just like high marks across the board from everybody, mm-hmm. but completely failed in the first 30 days. And yeah. But the only, the only, there wasn't really a reason or conclusion as to why, but the only thing we could surmise was that, well, anybody can fool somebody else for a day of interviews. You can't fool yourself for Mm -hmm. a month of work. Mm -hmm. And if you're not really in it, it doesn't matter, right? So that's, I think, another added bonus of having the structure, the expectations, the accountability, the check-ins and constant pulse, because I'd much rather know if somebody's not going to be successful at 30 days than in six months, because we just Mm kind of let it go and said, we'll figure it out and then had to deal with this at a later time. Yeah. And there are companies, there are staff members that have been new that have gone through the training program that we built that we're so happy that we built such a structured process because they've explained, oh, well, I was just thrown in the deep end at a previous company and that didn't really work for me. And we were constantly iterating on what that onboarding process looked like, including having existing staff members go through it here and there, giving feedback. It's not going to always stay the same and understanding that that feedback when new staff is coming in is just as important as when you first built it is, is really helpful. And that's a, such an interesting perspective that you've that you went through seeing someone that on paper was going to be great but if you don't apply yourself if you if you don't put in the work yourself you're not going to see the results that you want so we can give you everything everything that you need to be successful but if you're not going to go through the process to do the work it's that's right that's it. And, and the flip side to that story was another individual who actually joined a different part of our company. And because our boot camp became so well known for being mm-hmm. so intense and producing such incredible output, other departments asked us to put their new hires through our boot camp. And so we said, sure. So there was a product manager who joined the organization. And the first thing he did was go through our boot camp. Now, remember, we talked about the expectations and being clear. He knew exactly what was expected. He was actually the highest performer on the end. And he went above and beyond. Mm-hmm. And he did an exceptional job. And he even threw in something that nobody else ever did in the years and years that we ran that. And I was blown away. Yeah. I was, I was the primary recipient at that point of the, the mm-hmm. feedback and kind of how and seeing the whole process. I was blown away. But had we just, you know, said, here, go learn some stuff and go, yeah. you know, watch some videos, like it never, we never no. would have had that. And he went on to be one of the most successful product managers the company ever had because he was 
well, that start was so foundational and everything yeah. we covered and the way it was structured. And the fascinating thing is that the vast majority of people will always say something like what you just said, which is, I have my experience in previous onboardings is terrible. Like terrible. you don't have to do much to no. get over the bar that most people have experienced. So it's a really low hanging fruit thing. And it might take a couple hours to put together your first draft. Mm -hmm. That's enough. Start there if you don't have anything or if it's a little loose and then just iterate and improve on it over time. Exactly. And you, you said something so specific, which is the foundation, right? Yeah. Setting that foundation is so important for new staff members. So they don't feel like they're being thrown in the deep end. They don't feel like they have no idea what's expected of them. Um, and it really drives them to want to be more successful. Oh, this is a really great outline. I have this at the end of the day or week. I really want to make sure that I'm paying attention and I'm really focused on this so that I can show that I, you, you hired me for a reason, yeah. right? And so really being able to build on that foundation is, is so important for someone to feel really confident in their first 30 days because really everyone's nervous. Everyone goes through that process yeah. of feeling like, am I going to be successful? Or are they going to, you know, regret hiring me? And, but no, if you, if you really set that foundation, it, it makes a huge, a huge difference. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite sayings and applies here is clarity shall set you free. Mm -hmm. We didn't have clarity on the expectations of what you're going to do in that, especially that first 30 days, you yes. have the entire roadmap to knock it out of the park. And the, as leaders, you have the entire roadmap to know who's going to be really successful and who's not, right? And where some coaching opportunities are going to be or where some challenge yeah. points or pinch points are going to come up. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Okay. Yeah. So talk a little bit about the onboarding of employees, how critical it is and how important it is and how effective it can be in a remote or hybrid environment. Now let's talk about some tactics around ongoing employee engagement because we're, mm -hmm. you know, we got, once we get onboarded, then we're just rolling through the motions every month, every week, every quarter, whatever. So what are some of the key things we should be thinking about when it comes to ongoing employee engagement in a hybrid or remote environment? Yeah, I think that really building a community when it comes to your staff members is important for engagement. So whether that's having every team is going to be different, maybe you want daily touch points, maybe you want weekly touch points, it really is just going to depend on the team, but really building a collaborative connected team, whether you're hybrid or remote is so important, so that it keeps the staff engaged and also knows, oh, okay, well, we're going to have this touch point at this every single day or every single week at this point, everyone should be engaged, but also making sure that the team feels really involved, setting a particular, a particular person, particular staff member who's going to run that meeting that day. As leaders, we want to make sure that we're pushing other people. We could talk all day long, right? We can, we can teach all day long, but it's really making sure that you're pushing that leadership on other people so that the team really feels that effect of it. And it also gets them time like, oh, well, I have to prep for this meeting or this touch point. And I have to make sure that everyone's bringing me, you know, their, their talking points and things like that, that really keeps staff engaged as one example for, for kind of pushing that boundary on a remote or a hybrid space as well. Yeah, and doing that in an in-person, again, is going to be aided mm -hmm. by the ease of seeing people yeah. all day, every day, right? Absolutely. And again, it's easy. It's already there. You don't have to do anything. 
But so what is your um, approach or what recommendation or advice would you have around doing that, but in a, you know, trying to translate what you do easily in an mm-hmm. in-person environment to it has to be something structured, like there has to be a meeting there or a conversation there. So how do you bridge that gap going from the, okay, I could casually say, hey, Kristen, how are you doing? But in a remote environment, I have to actually maybe kind of feel like I have to come up with a reason to talk to Mm. somebody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think just building topics around it, whether it's in a one-on-one space or a team space, right? If it's one-on-ones, having a set agenda, regardless Mm. if it's one-on-one or with a team, having a set agenda is really important. And then making sure that the team or the other individual is building on that agenda, right? It shouldn't always come from us. It shouldn't always be what, what do we want to talk about? That's going to be an aspect of how to get people engaged, but the more engaged they are, the more topics that they are bringing. So really it's just being able to set that agenda, build on that agenda, talk those talking points. And then also just understanding that people are people as well. And how's your week? What's going on? What are you guys watching today? Like what's, you know, (laughs) what are topics like that are going to keep them engaged in that's not, always going to be about work as well because sometimes this get really draining right and and it's a good reminder that even that zoom is a a or whatever platform you use is a communication medium it is not the only thing you can do on here is talk business (laughs) like that's not what the platform was built for it's built to connect people that's Mm -hmm. it and sometimes we forget that and it's like well in person we can you know just casually converse for a while in 10 minutes Mm -hmm. or whatever but if i'm on zoom i better have an agenda i better be running it i better do this and like it doesn't it's not the goal and -hmm. i think that sometimes gets lost and people are like i don't want to be on zoom anymore well the reality is would you ever go into an office and say i don't want to be in person anymore (laughs) yeah no it's the same thing. It's just, a, again, a different medium. And that's where the comfort level needs to come. And that's where the effort needs to come. As you said, having a very clear agenda for the standing meetings that you do have, having Absolutely. very uh, specific um, topics to discuss, having other people know what is going to happen. And if they're leading the meeting, then where they're going to go in the future. Again, putting more effort and structure behind those things. Because when you do things consistently, mm-hmm. love your opinion on this, that when you do things consistently, you provide an awful lot of certainty and stability for the people. And when you're in a remote environment or a hybrid environment and you don't 100% feel that, that can mean the world to you. Absolutely. Uh, Consistency is definitely key when it comes to keeping people both engaged, but also having a type of schedule. Now, let's talk a little bit about people that are moving into a hybrid space, that consistency will almost feel lost, right? Because now we have a, now we have this blend. Now we're, how are we going to feel when we're in person versus when we're remote? Is that going to change at all? Are the meetings going to be different? So keeping a consistency and then building on that consistency, if your organization is moving to a hybrid model is, is very important. And in those meetings, setting those agenda plans, the goals and things like that are great but also being able to be flexible if people if if you want to change things up i one thing that we did in an organization was the last meeting of the month if we didn't have any specific 
uh, high point agenda, we play a game. We do some, we do an engaging, an, an engaging activity. So the staff really felt like, okay, let's, let's just relax in this meeting a little bit. If we're, if we're meeting for 15 or 30 minutes, let's really engage in a different way so that it feels, let's get a little bit more of a connection activity going, which is, is helpful to also in the scheme of having a clear agenda, they know every, you know, every last meeting of every month is, is going to be a time for yeah. them to have a little bit of fun. Probably something they look forward to as well. Yeah. <laughs> becomes one of the most fun things. And, and Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So we talked about onboard employees, ongoing employee engagement. Let's talk about the team side and what some of the differences are, just how the team operates and runs. We talked a little bit about consistency and meetings and things, but what are some of the other you know, elements of running a team that are going to take more effort, but are going to produce greater results in the long run in a hybrid or remote environment. When you're in person running a team, like you've said previously, sometimes it just feels easier, right? And it doesn't feel like you have to put in that extra work in order to run that team to be really successful because everyone's just in person, engaging, throwing out ideas. There's no reason why that shouldn't translate to a hybrid or remote space. So engaging the team is just as important when it comes to a remote setting for them to start building on ideas, innovation. Let's take it to, you know, not just a day-to-day, but also what is what are we focused on? What projects are we working on? Who's in charge of those projects? Really being able to understand that our day-to-day work is great, but also some of these projects and other added things that we could be doing to build engagement can help from an innovation standpoint as well. And so that doesn't always have to be an in-person focus. That we see this every day in a remote setting where people are engaging on innovation and building new tools and tracking new KPIs. It's really understanding how are we doing and what can we be doing better is a constant conversation we should be having regardless of the location you're in. And regardless of the time of day. So it has to be an asynchronous kind of piece, right? I mean, and that's the the easy part of in-person is you can get, hey, Kristen, what's the update on XYZ? And you can tell me, it's like, okay, cool. But in a remote environment, the my one of my favorite sayings or questions always says, well, okay, someone needs to be able to, anybody needs to be able to understand where you are with whatever you committed to doing at any point in time, here's the key, without ever talking to you. Yes. And so when you look at that and you're like, wait a second, nobody can ask me? I can't explain that? Th- mm-hmm. No, you can't. And so in an in-person environment, I would argue that the amount of tribal knowledge is exponentially greater than in a remote environment. And tribal knowledge is one of the biggest killers in all organizations because people leave and things happen and everybody evolves. But in a remote or hybrid organization, you have to eliminate the amount of tribal knowledge because you have to build more structure and systems to be able to get access to all the information you need, but also the employees need on an asynchronous basis. You can't wait 24 hours to get a response from somebody to a simple question about the status. of You just need to know where to go to see the status. Yeah. And something that 
came up a lot in a remote setting is how people just didn't want to get into another meeting. Yeah. I just do not want to be in another meeting. Having a, having a specific place where a lot of this information is documented is, is really a huge key point in keeping everyone on the same page. So not having to jump into a meeting, but being able to go into wherever you store your documentation for your projects, right? Aware who's, who's assigned to this particular part of this project, what stage is it in, because it's all documented is is really, really important because again, not everyone wants to just jump into a quick meeting unless it's scheduled. That shouldn't be necessary. <laughs> so really having that documentation is really going to be important. So it feels like everyone has access to the same information without having to ping 12 people for updates because that just gets really, it gets to a point where you just don't want to do that anymore. It just feels yeah. like you're not connected in that way to be able to know these. So yeah, that's huge. Yeah, and teams will... Like documentation is always a struggle, period. Whether you're in person or remote or hybrid or whatever, it's always a struggle. And mm-hmm. it is up to the leader to drive yeah. the discipline, to set the expectations, to drive the accountability of exactly what is going to be documented, where and how. They don't have to dictate all this, but they have to mm-hmm. make it an underpinning of how the team works because yeah. they got to create an efficient and effective team. And the only way to do that is to not have everything live inside of everybody's head for those exact reasons you just said, right? Mm -hmm. And so again, you can have it easy and do this completely ad hoc and not worry about it. And because you can always talk to the person in an in-person setting, but in remote or hybrid, nope. You need to look at that and say, okay, well, if I need to get an answer to this question at any point in time, how am I going to do that? Mm -hmm. Well, that's a great question that you need to sit down and take a step back and say, well, how do we need to document this? How am I going to get this? And then you can back into, well, if that's what we need to do, how am I going to get the, how am I going to get the team on board with mm-hmm. documenting this? And how am I going to get them involved and excited about this? Because it's actually going to make their lives easier. And I'm actually going to give them time back if we get this all in place, because they will not get the regular pings from me or some other leader or some other department saying, yeah. what's the status with this? Exactly. And there becomes a time where it also feels like a little bit of telephone. If oh, yes. you don't have that documentation. <laughs> where it's like, oh, well, they said this and oh, well, they said that and who's doing that? No, if we, as long as we come up with a plan of, okay, who's writing down this documentation? Who's updating it? This is everyone's roles and expectations for how we're going to keep all of this updated at each time. It removes the telephone aspect as well. It removes the word of mouth aspect of, well, so that really allows for it to be more uh, instantaneous and you can iterate on it consistently uh, rather than being like, oh, what's the update here? Who's who has to give the update here? No, it should be outlined in that very first meeting so that it makes it a little bit easier to track down the line. Yep. And if we look back at the foundational elements here, we're still talking about setting expectations, driving accountability. When things fall apart, we give feedback. If we do those three things incredibly well, we can be really successful in a remote Mm -hmm. or hybrid environment, regardless of whatever else is going on inside your company or inside the economy. It just doesn't matter. It's the same principles applied in different ways with more energy and input and structure, ultimately. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, Kristen, it's been an absolute blast talking all things leadership in a remote or hybrid environment with you. Thank you so much for coming on the show uh, and sharing your insights and experience. Really appreciate it. 
Thank you so much for having me, Nils. I've really appreciated it. And this is a great topic that's going to continue. I, I, hope, I don't think there's any <laughs> slowdown in the amount nope. of remote or hybrid environments that will be there. As we've seen in some high profile cases, the, the forced return to office is not met with a whole lot of enthusiasm with the, a few exceptions. So I think you know the, the world's going that way. And I think that's wonderful. And mm -hmm. the key thing for every leader out there, regardless of your comfort level today with it is, do you have the skills and the tools yeah. in your toolbox in order to be successful in a remote or hybrid environment? If you don't feel like you're 100% there or some of the things Chris and I talked about today, I would invite you to check out my leadership MBA programs, a 12-week program in, designed to empower you with the leadership tools to confidently handle any situation. Just go to leadershipmba.com, find out more, and I look forward to hopefully having a chance to work with you in the future. So Kristen, thank you so much for your time and take care. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you.